We are Marquette. 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 We My name is Benjamin Rangel. I proudly serve as the core member development coordinator at City Year Milwaukee. I'm also a Trinity Fellow, a uh, candidate for my master's in international affairs, about to graduate in May, so excited for that. Oh, I should also say that I am the co-host and cre- co-creator of Bridge the City, a podcast whose mission is to bridge people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. I am Kyle Hagee. I'm also a Trinity Fellow. Uh, second year, I'm serving with the Housing Authority. Uh, for the city of Milwaukee, working on the Choice Neighborhood Initiative, which is an initiative over on the northwest side. I am the co in Ben's co-creator and co-host of the Bridge the City podcast. And today we are on a podcast takeover of the We Are Marquette podcast uh, to tell everyone a little bit more about Bridge the City, uh, our story, and what we're hoping others take away from the podcast. I guess I'll start off the questions, Ben. Can you dive into the origin story of Bridge the City? This feels like a question that you should know the answer to already, Kyle, but uh, I'll go ahead and take it. So Bridge the City really started uh, after Kyle and I finished our terms of service with AmeriCorps, um, working for College Possible, serving low-income students here in the city of Milwaukee, helping them get to and through college. And what we found is that we were still wanting to be engaged in, in the community and, and wanted to learn more about the community. We both listened to podcasts. We love podcasts. Shout out to Ira Glass, This American Life, big mentor of mine. He doesn't know it yet. He's he doesn't know he's a mentor, but uh, he is. So we listened to podcasts, but we often felt they were very informative. We learned a lot, but what next? So the mission of Bridge the City is to provide our uh, listeners with tangible action steps that everyday citizens can get involved, how they can get involved in the community and, and make real positive change. So the origin was, you know, wanting to learn more about the city, talk to people who were doing good work in the city, but also to um, to give people I- ideas on how to get involved and make a difference. Uh, just one thing to add, uh, I think an interesting story about the name is we had this idea for a podcast, but we didn't have a name for it. And we were coming up with terrible, terrible ideas. And we went to a TED event at UW-Milwaukee, and Deanna Singh was uh, one of the presenters. And she was talking about bridging together cultures, growing up in a multicultural household, and how she had to uh, find a bridge between these cultures. And Ben and I looked at each other, and Ben was like, Bridge the City would be a perfect name. So then we had Deanna on the podcast, one of our favorite episodes, I think. And we were joking that we probably owe her some royalties for the name. We don't have any revenue right now, so there's no royalties to give out. But once we do, we might have to work it out with her lawyer. Well, that's a great question, Kyle. Um, great addition there as well. Uh, my question for you, this is a question I was just asked for the very first time in my life, or at least I can remember. What were you like as a child? And I want the audience to know that we didn't coordinate these questions yeah. beforehand. So this is all off script. So this actually kind of dovetails with a question I was going to ask you. So maybe we can both... Take a, take a shot at it. Were you also going to ask me what I was like as a child? <laughs> no. Okay. But I was going to say, when did you first kind of become political or become pretty uh, civically engaged? And I think mine happened something during my childhood. Um, and I remember it was 10th grade in high school, and I grew up in a pretty affluent, pretty privileged 
uh, community, my family being, uh, you know, much the same as the rest of the community. I was in a advanced social studies class and you had to test in to get it. And they decided to take away the test element and they were just going to let anyone who wanted the challenge do it. And um, people like in the community, like anyone involved with the high school got very upset that, you know, people were like, oh, who are we going to let into the class? And this is going to dumb down the curriculum and there's going to be chaos in the classrooms and we want our kid to get the best education, blah, blah, blah. And that was when I really realized that I didn't have the same mindset that a lot of my peers did and that I was coming at a lot of these issues differently than the community I grew up in. Um, Because I thought that anyone that wanted a challenge of a better education, like we should be embracing that. You should learn to work with people that are different than you, that are coming from different experiences, might have different academic records. Um, And I remember just being really angry and wanting to do something about it. And so I guess my childhood was often encountering things that I found were disappointing and that I thought the community that I grew up in wasn't addressing properly and trying to find a way for me to be that difference uh, and make uh, a difference in the community, which I think aligns well with the mission of Bridges City. So I'll pass that back question back to you. So the question is, when when did I first remember being poli- becoming political? Yeah, or yeah. civically engaged. So this is an interesting question that I've I've thought about often and I've been asked in different settings. So I think I've had a different answer each time. So I'll give sort of a a, a personal answer uh, because I think in a lot of ways it's hard to separate one's personal identity with like from becoming political so um obviously podcast listeners can't see see me or might not know who i am but i am uh, a third generation mexican-american um my my mom's side of the family is the family that i spent most of my time with and that i was raised by uh, that is the predominantly white side of the family my dad's side of the family um, is the Mexican side of the family, and I didn't get to spend a ton of time with that side of the family, so I was never, uh, growing up, and even to, to this day, I was never super uh, well-connected with my Mexican uh, ethnicity or race or anything like that. Um, but I remember throughout my childhood growing up, I can't think of a particular point, but I would say even as early as like sixth grade, sixth or seventh grade, jokes that would often be cracked amongst my family about how me, my sister, and my brother were Mexican and, you know, therefore different. And of course, my family, I love my family, and and a lot of it was said in jest. But it was one of those moments where, like, as a kid, when you're, when you're trying to learn about race and identity, um, we didn't really talk about it a ton. So uh, it was then, though, that I realized that, like, oh, I am, I am different in some way from a lot of my white peers or because of my, my identity um, as Mexican or Mexican-American. So that was one of the times where I realized that, like, it was different from a, from a uh, identity perspective. I don't know how politics really got introduced into that way of thinking or into that viewpoint. But in terms of political, I remember my junior year, Mr. Heinish's class, uh, AP government, and uh, my political views were very different from what they are now. But I got into a heated debate with some of my classmates. It was the first time that, like, you know, I was arguing with classmates about something and it happened to do with politics. And I realized, like, oh, this is something that I'm passionate about and and care a lot about and think a lot about. So it was one of those moments where I was like, hmm, this might be a thing that I, uh, like a passion of mine. And so then I, I did go on to study political science and now currently study international affairs and political science. So, yeah, it stuck with me from there. 
So uh, through Bridge the City, we've spoken to over 40 people. Um, we have 29 episodes. We have had conversations with uh, county executives, uh, the governor of Wisconsin, president of Marquette University, uh, but also everyday citizens, a lot of people throughout the city of Milwaukee. Um, so we've learned a lot about the city. But what is one question you still have about Milwaukee? Like one thing that you still really haven't figured out about Milwaukee? That's a really good question. Uh, you should do this for a living, Ben. One thing I still don't know or I still have a question about in Milwaukee, I think a goal of Bridge the City our you know tagline is uh, solutions, not sound bites, and that sound bites are not a solution. And I really hope that we are providing a tangible platform that people do take advantage of the action steps. Because a question I have about Milwaukee is how deeply ingrained a lot of um, the issues that we face are. And I think when you are new to a city, you come at it with this hope that you can be the difference and you can change the city. Um, but there's been people before us that are wonderful working on these issues and there'll be people after that are wonderful working on these issues. Um, and so, you know, an, an issue like segregation where Milwaukee is one of, if not the most, you know, segregated metropolitan areas in the entire country. Um, like, are we going to be able to fix that issue in an equitable manner? Um, is always a, tough question to grapple with. Um, but I'm reminded of uh, our Howard Fuller interview where he talks a lot about living it with contradictions and knowing that there's always going to be a struggle and that there is power in kind of going up against that struggle. You're going to have times where you're not sure if what you're doing is the right thing to do. You're going to have to make alliances with people you might not normally make alliances with. Um, but contradictions are a part of life. And so I'm confident that we have enough well-intentioned people in the city who hopefully are comfortable working with contradictions and trying to come together to fix some of these issues that it will happen, um, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, but that's certainly a question that I, I have about the city. Um, what about you? So a question I still have about the city of Milwaukee um, is where is the urgency? Uh, Sometimes when I like stop and think critically about some of the challenges um, or through my work, I work in schools, so I often see um, some disadvantages the students have um, in a lot of the, the schools I work in. I like wonder why aren't people more upset? When are our city officials, and I think some of them, we've spoken to some of them on the podcast, and there are people working tirelessly on changing things here in Milwaukee, but when it comes to segregation, when it comes to uh, economic disparities, when it comes to the eviction uh, crisis, um, uh, challenges with mis mass incarceration, it's like this is people's lives uh, who are affected by these policies. And sometimes it feels like people are just like going through the motions and there's urgency in some pockets. Like I think of some organizing groups like LIT and Voces de la Frontera and... Um, uh, even you black that came and spoke to our class the other day, like those are people in the community who realize there's challenges and that the powers that be or the systems in place aren't suitable to fix those challenges. So they're organizing and coming together and making a difference. Um, and they have urgency in my mind, but sometimes it feels like, you know, that our elected officials are just so used to how things are run. And there's, there's always excuses on like why something can't happen immediately. 
Um, but when I see, um, you know, million dollar condos or apartment buildings going up downtown uh, with where, where the rent is over, you know, $1,300 a month. Uh, and, and then I've, uh, I visit a school that uh, doesn't have a working sink and, uh, you know, half the, the bathrooms are out of order. It's like, wow, this should be the priority. And of course, there's private investment versus public investment. But something is astray within our society and with our community where we can look around and see these disparities and not have a greater sense of urgency. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that like I spend every waking hour fighting for change in the city of Milwaukee. Um, but I think depending on your level in the city, depending on the position you hold, there's more required of you, right? There's more urgency required of you if you are an elected official, at, you know, having the ability to make decisions. Um, that's my question is where is the, where is the urgency? Yeah. So we've talked a lot kind of about getting a little political, but a, a cornerstone of Bridge the City is we are nonpartisan and we are all about civic engagement. And we've presented a lot of challenges that Milwaukee faces, but I think the podcast overall has a very optimistic outlook and we, we seek to empower people with you know certain narratives and not try to make them seem like, okay, there's nothing we can do. What is the role of the podcast in the city of Milwaukee? Uh, and what is like ultimately the mission of this platform we've created? I think the role of the podcast is to provide people with information to begin with. We are not here to bring you to the organizations we feature or to you know, literally pick up your phone and have you call your alter person, right? We're providing you with the resources, the information to make change in the community. That being said, I've been thinking a lot, and I think we've both been thinking a lot about how can we do more? Um, because I, I do have sense, a sense of urgency in terms of making positive change in the in the community. So I don't know what it looks like, but I think there's an information gap in some places. There's, a, there's an apathy problem in other places. There's a collaboration challenge in like the nonprofit world. So I think Bridge the City is is trying to at least bridge those people together, share ideas, and look toward progress in some sort of way. And again, I always tell people, we're a podcast. We know we're not changing the world, and we're not trying to change the world. We're just trying to change one person's world or at least one person's idea of the world. Starting with that, starting at the individual level, I think is, is our role. It's great what you said about we're not trying to change the world. We're maybe just trying to change one individual and I think when we set out to create the podcast, uh, at least in my mind, I was like, if only 10 people listen to this podcast, but it inspires 10 people to get more involved in their community, then that's better than having a million people listen to the podcast, but they don't do anything with it after. And so I think a success of the podcast has been, we've been told that people we had no prior relationship to before starting this podcast have become more engaged in their community. Um, we had a, a a mom who was you know in her 50s say that she had never voted in a non-presidential election. She never voted in a primary, but she listened to our interviews with um, Supreme Court justice candidates and then voted in that primary and then voted in the general. And to me, that's something that you know is better than having 10 a million listeners is having a person do something in the community. Um, so I think the platform that we hope to create is one where 
the amount of listeners is irrelevant. It's the engagement of the listeners we do have. And always trying to guide people to great action steps. So that being said, what are some action steps that you've learned from our guests? Uh, the signature piece of Bridges Cities, we always leave action steps for listeners. What are some that you have felt have been very powerful? Kyle, I feel like you're the one asking all the questions. So I'm going to keep the mic after I respond to this and then ask, ask my question. Action steps that stick out to me. So... Honestly, before I started the podcast, I didn't know who my older person was. Mm -hmm. That was one action step we got right away from Adam Carr, our first guest, was to uh, know who your older person was, uh, know who's representing you, who's making these decisions to allocate funds. So uh, I know who Nick Kovac is now. Um, I've emailed him a a few times about different issues. Uh, Another action step that comes to mind that I haven't followed through on but is still something that I think about often is like knowing your neighbors. And I made the excuse to uh, Bobby McQuay with Near West Side Partners that like as a student uh, where a lot of my neighbors are like temporary residents, uh, does the effort to know your neighbor really worth it? And, you know, what if they want to talk to you? I don't know. And he's like, well, you don't have to be friends. You don't have to be friends and like, you know, get dinner with them every day, but at least know who they are so that you can start building a community. That How that's carried over is like thinking about long-term living in Milwaukee, like where I want to live, where I want to uh, maybe buy a house. I'm thinking about like which neighborhoods have neighborhood organizations because that's a priority for me now. One easy way to get to know your neighbors is if there's a neighborhood organization. And even if there isn't a neighborhood organization, wanting to start one uh, in the neighborhood. So that would be kind of an action step that stems from this idea of of needing to know your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so my next question, this is really a question for uh, for for the people listening, but also for me personally, because I, I want to know what you're thinking about yeah. Bridges City going forward. Yeah. I feel like I've talked a lot about in private conversations and stuff about what I want from Bridges City long term. But where do you see the podcast going? Is it more than just a podcast? What are your thoughts there? I think the the podcast, we have had a lot of success with it. And I think there is hunger out in the community for ways to get involved but sometimes it's tricky to figure out how to do just that. So I I am starting to view Bridge the City more as a civic engagement slash media company rather than simply a podcast. I think that's illuminated or evidenced by the fact that we're partnering with some organizations. This month actually is the kind of the first big one. We're partnering with Newaki to do a live event called a political open mic. And essentially we wanted to take the concept of action steps and engagement and take it from this virtual space of podcasting and put it into a physical actual uh, space so uh, on March 21st we're having one at Mobcraft Brewing with Milwaukee and we have uh, a, a really great lineup of guests some of them which have been featured on the podcast some are new faces uh, to Bridge the City so the mayor will be there district attorney will be there um, state representatives will be there, a Supreme Court justice will be there, etc. So a lot of change makers in the community will be there. And we go to a lot of panels, we hear from them all the time, we kind of know what their thoughts are. So the concept of this is, you know, we will hear from them, but also then audiences are expected to come with ideas they have from kind of the ground level on what they want to see in their community, how they think they could solve problems that maybe elected officials are overlooking. And then they'll actually get to share those ideas ideas on stage. And you'll have really powerful people listening to these ideas. And we hope then that they pursue those. Or at least that people know these are the people you should be pressuring. And if they don't take your idea, 
a lot of these people are elected, so you know, go to the <laughs> go to the ballot box and make your voice heard that way. And I, I would really like to keep doing kind of these live events uh, that mobilize people in a physical space. And I think that could be another space that Bridges City could have an impact in and kind of connect uh, our listeners who often listen alone in their car and they actually get to meet then. And then if five people got together from the podcast and were like, oh, I really liked that episode and that action step. Oh, there's other people here that want to do it. Let's form a community and start pursuing those action steps. Um, so as Ben and I stated in the introduction, we are both uh, Trinity Fellows, uh, which some people might not know what that is. They think maybe we're putting on some robes and praying every day or doing something. Uh, it's a graduate program here at Marquette, um, really started by Dick Burke of the Trek Bikes. Um, and his vision was to have a program where uh, students who were dedicated to economic and social justice could have a cohort model. Um, they could get their master's degree, but they could also, at the same time studying, they could actually be out in their community and making a difference every single day. So all Trinity Fellows are placed with a nonprofit organization here in the city. Uh, there's 13 other Trinity Fellows in our cohort, um, placed anywhere from City or Milwaukee to the Housing Authority, um, to Milwaukee Riverkeeper, to Layton Boulevard West Neighbors. So all over um, the city doing different work. So Ben, why did, why did you join the Trinity Fellows? Well, I knew you were applying, Kyle, and I really <laughs> wanted to know. Um, so for me, the Trinity Fellowship wasn't actually, attending Marquette wasn't my top choice in the beginning when I was applying to grad school. Looking back, it seems outrageous that I wouldn't have immediately saw what a wonderful opportunity this is. And that's no joke. I mean, this has been one of the best decisions for a lot of reasons. Um, but I joined because it's emphasis on, on social and economic justice. And I was worried that after I left my term of service with College Possible as an AmeriCorps doing direct service, that I would then be put in a bubble, um, an academic bubble, so to speak, where I would just be in classrooms talking and reading and not doing anything. And talking and reading is important and learning is important. That's doing things, right? Um, which I've gotten that from Marquette, certainly. But also this idea that we were placed with a nonprofit and we're able to be working in our community um, and, and giving back and having work experience, like that professional experience, being able to have your master's, but also say that I have two years worth of work experience at a nonprofit. And depending on your nonprofit and like your um, collaboration with that organization, you have a lot, of, or at least I can say that I have a lot of leadership and responsibility with uh, City Year where I'm placed. So for me, it was uh, being able to be in the community and, and do some direct service still but also like continue to learn and grow in terms of what does it mean to be socially just or economically just. What about you, Kyle? Why'd you join? I think I joined for much of the same reasons that you just laid out, but I think something after joining that I found really important to the Trinity Fellows mission and, and to Marquette's mission is the cool thing about Trinity Fellows is it's not only exclusive to students studying political science or students studying public service. I think there's like 40 some majors that you can be involved in and be a Trinity fellow. And I think this is actually really important because I think there is an issue in our society where we decide that a certain job says something about your politics or your personality. 
and there's a lot of self-selection that if you think you're a good person, then you're going to go into the nonprofit sector. And if you only care about money, then you're going to go into the business sector. And I think these stereotypes are pretty pervasive and, and actually work against a lot of the progress we want to make. And so what's really cool is we are in the Trinity Fellowship alongside some MBA students. And I think it's critically important that they're coming to whatever future career they have in business with the ideals and the learning that they've got from the Trinity Fellows. And I think it's awesome that we're going to have people in, in the business community here in Milwaukee, future leaders, that are also steeped in this idea of social and economic justice. So I think you know Trinity is hopefully curating the next generation of leaders in Milwaukee. And the fact that we've gone through this intensive training about economic and social justice, whatever fields we go into, that's really going to help the city moving forward. So here's a simple question, Ben. What do you want to do with your life? Well, my purpose, I've written down my purpose. Deanna Singh has encouraged us and everyone to write down your purpose in life. So I exist to dismantle systems of oppression and injustice through proximity and love. Okay, so whatever I do, I hope that it is in some way working towards the dismantlement of uh, the systems we have in place in society that promulgate uh, oppression and injustice. But that also means being close, um, close to those who I'm serving in some capacity um, and then, you know, just bringing love and, and joy to whatever I'm doing. And, of course, that's very abstract. So let me get a little bit more specific. Um, I've been thinking a bit about uh, what does it mean to 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 work in in government? Be a part of the the system that's making these big decisions that might be uh, helping or hurting the dismantlement of uh, systems of injustice. Uh, so that's an idea. Um, also, potential to, to to maybe stay at City Year. I don't know. Uh, the numbers are amazing. And same with like College Possible when we work there. One of the things that I love about City Year and College Possible is both are data driven organizations. So uh, despite the fact that you can see when you're working with students or when the core members are working with students, the amount of good things that are happening when you just see them working with one another, there's numbers and data to back up the real progress both organizations are making. Um, so it's either, you know, kind of staying on with what I'm doing, uh, looking into government or even politics, 2020 is coming up, presidential race, and there's a lot of candidates uh, who could really make some big changes um, in our society from a systemic perspective that I would uh, consider getting behind and working for um, if they would have me. Um, and I think those are the those are the big ones. Uh, eventually, though, PhD. You know, I, I like being in the classroom. I like learning. Yeah, so that's where I'm at. What about you, Kyle? What do you want to do with your life? Yeah, as Ben noted, we're graduating here in May, so we're figuring out what the next steps will be. Employers listening to this podcast... You like what I said? Hit my line, okay? Something I, I'm really excited about in the future, if I stay in Milwaukee, is continuing Bridges City as a platform uh, and expanding it. But something I'm equally as excited about is if I leave Milwaukee, is taking Bridges City to whatever city I end up in. Um, so we have had discussions about how can we use this platform and this idea and expand it across the country. And so why isn't there a Bridge of City St. Louis? Why isn't there a Bridge of City Brooklyn? Why isn't there a Bridge of City Minneapolis? And I think we are offering something unique that a lot of podcasts aren't offering, and that is a call to action. And 
going to a new city and using this platform as one a way to learn about the city because you get to meet a lot of cool people and you get to kind of get the pulse of the city. Um, but then uh, bringing this to uh, other cities and getting action steps curated for those communities and then potentially having a bridge the country. So this is, a, this is an exclusive leak <laughs> of our future plans on the We Are Marquette podcast. There might be a bridge to country in the work where we could take cool things that community activists or elected officials or nonprofit leaders are doing in cities across the country and some really cool, innovative action steps that people can take and curate those into kind of a hub where you could learn about what the community activists are doing in San Francisco, what an elected official is doing in Oklahoma City, uh, what a nonprofit leader is doing in Boston, and see how you could apply those to your own community. So wherever I end up, uh, Bridge the City will continue, either here in Milwaukee or uh, wherever that next step may be. Uh, and I'm really excited that we've expanded the team. Um, so I do want to give a shout out to Sam Woods, who's a uh, co-host and producer of the podcast as well. And then Ashley Benson, who's serving as our development manager, uh, working on some of the special projects and seeing how we could uh, potentially work with some partners uh, more in depth. And then also give a shout out to the 707 Hub, uh, who's been pretty instrumental in our success, specifically uh, Kelsey Otero and Megan Carver. We were the proud recipients of the Brood Ideas Challenge that gave us some seed funding to really start this venture Check out our website at bridgecitypodcast.com, beautifully designed by another Trinity fellow, Ryan Flynn, so shout out to him. And you can follow us on our social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Our Twitter game is really strong, yeah. uh, so you can follow us there. It would be really helpful in addition to subscribing, which of course I, ho- I hope you all do, you you like and, and comment and share. So something uh, interesting is we often get a lot of comments about the theme music of our podcast because it's kind of kind of fire and i feel like we're maybe wasting it on a civic engagement podcast (laughs) it should be used in you know some music but uh can you tell us how we got that uh theme music yeah i really love this story because it it epitomizes what bridge city hopes to do which is like connecting people with cool opportunities um, and empowering young people at times as well. So the theme song is produced and created by Casey Masters, who is the younger brother of my childhood friend, Joshua Fredrickson. So Josh and I are middle school best friends, and he lives in Denver now. His brother lives there with him. His brother is, uh, I think when he produced the song, was a, is a sophomore, was a sophomore in high school. And I messaged him on Facebook. I knew he was into to producing things, but also rapping himself. Um, so you can check out his music as well. But he, I, I messaged them on Facebook, and within, uh, I think, 24 hours, he came back with this amazing, uh, this amazing beat with Bridges City in the background, and we knew right there that that was the winner. And you hear this, and you're like, "This wait, is this the right? Po- it is the right podcast. Stay listening. Uh, it's it, it gets even better from there. Uh, and we hope you enjoy all the episodes." 